0: This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us, Jimmy Scroggins here at Family Church in downtown West Palm Beach with my co-host as always, Leslie Bennett and our engineer, Carly Silman, and joining us today, frequent guest on the podcast, Bev Bonner. And Daniel is also Pastor Daniel, who works with all kinds of stuff. Our campus is Sherbrooke. He works in our administrative capacity. He shepherds small groups, all kinds of stuff. And then Bev oversees our small groups and first impressions for all of our campuses, but focuses downtown. So this is going to be a great conversation because we're going to talk about first impressions and what we're learning about first impressions and welcoming people to our campus Following the Corona apocalypse. So we've been gathering Leslie for, I guess, a few months now, Mm -hmm. as most of our listeners have, but we're still learning a lot.
1: We sure are, and um, there's no area more on the front lines, I would think, than this area when it comes to this question: What does it look like to regather in a COVID-19 reality? So, Daniel, I just have to ask: Is this your first time on the podcast, or have you it been? It is. On... Okay, is my, my I thought so. Time. I thought you were yeah. a first-time guest. So I'm welcome. Thank you. I wish I had a prize for you, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: just hanging out. It's not that kind of podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. that's. Uh, oh, that's okay. they gave
1: me a prize for the first time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, our
0: budget's been cut
1: after <laughs> the right. Corona apocalypse. That's right. Uh, uh, We're I'll, priceless.
2: I was going to Bev's office and take some of her candy. She's all day. got plenty of candy. That's <laughs> good. There's the prize. Right.
1: So anyway, we haven't had this conversation with you all regathering after COVID-19. And so I just wanted to get your initial impressions or what you think you've learned thus far throughout the course of what it looks like to come back in this new environment in which we exist.
3: I think some things we learned while we weren't gathering that have helped us in the gathering is the contacting Man, that was something that you know early on our church did. We've talked about that on several podcasts. But just the contacting that we were able to do, it helped us gain and keep in touch with people so that when they came back, they knew we cared about them. Because if you're coming back and the first thing you're doing is, hey, we need you to serve, that, that doesn't go so well. So I think right. that really made a platform for us to be able to get them involved in serving and and first impressions teams and all that. But one of the things that we learned through developing that capital was just some connections that were made, which is kind of funny. One of the guys on my team, he had contact, he had met somebody before COVID. And then during the time he was contacting him, keeping in touch with them. And right now they're not ready to come back and regather yet, but they are making a ton of just gospel conversations. They're serving people. They're being the church out there. From home. And, yeah, from home and doing it until they're ready to come back. They're still, they're just like being the church out there. So that was really a cool thing to see and is really encouraging. But as we've regathered, boy, the, the tricky part was trying to get everybody involved, you know, and get them to, you know, they're stepping back slowly to like come back to church and now you're asking them to serve on top of that, so so that was an, an extra added piece for us. But I don't know, Daniel. I mean, you're you're at a different you're at a smaller campus, and yeah. your level of of involvement you saw change sure. pretty quickly. Sure,
2: I think one thing again, going from when we weren't meeting, the the conversations just changed. God was humbling a lot of people's hearts, mine included. People were just kind of postured to. Receive a phone call from a person they hadn't talked to very much. So if it was a stranger that we maybe met one time, or as a regular attender or a member, everyone was was really delighted, honestly, to be reached out to, and we just saw especially that. We, at first. Oh, especially mm-hmm. especially yep. at first, and there's a lot a lot of truth to that. Like, what do you do after you called them seventeen times or something along those lines? But <laughs> yeah. um, there's yeah. a there's kind of an art to that. But we just noticed that God was was doing something in the hearts of our people, and He was kind of really leveling the playing field and and, and humbling all of us, and I mean, you, you kind of alluded to some of those examples and stories, but it's amazing how how that really has played into the relaunch because, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, be, to be honest, folks that we really thought would be coming back at this time for a lot of practical and normal reasons aren't able to come back. And then we have new folks that we've reconnected with or really connected with for the first time during the, the pandemic when we weren't meeting who are now regular attenders, key leaders, things like that. So that's been one thing I will say we... I mean, it's just all different. We had to really start from the ground up and. The team that was the team before mm-hmm. is not necessarily even the team now. And that's okay. I and mean, we had to do a lot of that legwork when we, when we yeah, were Yeah, so I was
1: curious as you were saying that, it made me realize. So, what I mean, I don't know if you have percentages, but would mm-hmm. you say overall, you know, first impressions, number one, is a, is a large serving area. It's kind of a, mm-hmm. what we call a first serve opportunity. So there's a lot of people that you can get involved in first impressions. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a wide net, so mm-hmm. to that's speak. Right. So would you say that you have 50% turnover? turnover, like what are you seeing as you've regathered in terms of the people that have come back versus getting new people in the game with us?
3: Well, it's kind of interesting. I think we saw about 30% of our teams come back and start serving, which was right in line with what our congregation was coming back to anyway. So we saw about 30% come back. And initially, because you're only using for us downtown we were only using the one room man it felt like we were overwhelmed with people serving you know like we had first impressions of people all over the place because yeah, when we
0: first restarted one, one room one no hour, no kids yeah. we
3: were with one hour at, yeah at one
0: hour and so you're right that's it that was, made a lot simpler operation
3: it did it was a simple operation people were excited to be back face to face and serving and doing something so even that 30% filled the room i mean it just filled every area we had of need and then as we've one of the things that you have to think about when you're relaunching, as we started adding different things and programming and all that, some of those people, we really needed to say, you're here, you're who we're playing with. Mm. So we really only have the people that are suited up to play here. We need to deploy you somewhere else, like in kids ministry or student ministry or teaching an adult group as we began to phase in other programming. Daniel, you and I talked about that. The the back door to first impressions serving team was huge because you got all these people in they're serving you got more than you need and then all of a sudden it starts just kind of dwindling down and so now you know we have some new challenges you know just recruiting new people and stuff so yeah.
0: hey daniel as uh, as our you know most of our campuses now are about 50% or a little bit more in terms of our attendance compared to pre-COVID. Are your volunteers? Are you back to fifty percent of your volunteers, or are you still kind of less of less than that?
2: We we are actually back to about fifty percent of our volunteers. But what's unique is so prior to COVID, we had a couple of wonderful, sweet people who were were leading our impressions team, for instance, in that specific area, who were volunteers. One of them actually is Sue Story, our, our HR director, and she did a great job with that. And another lady, Kathy Feldman, but because of some health things and things like that, some of the key leaders in impressions they have not been able to come back yet and a lot of the friends connected to that group who are in that age bracket where they don't feel safe that kind of was our impressions team to be honest with you at Sherbrooke and again those are pillars of Empty uh, Nesters yeah Empty Nesters pillars of uh, you know people who've been at Sherbrooke for a long time and so even though our num- we do have uh, north of 50% of our volunteers back it's it's completely it's had to be new people That's because right. we did not have that option like prior to covid i was not I would look to them to say, hey, who do we have on impressions? Like they were running the show. But during this time, we realized we're going to have completely change the game. So we've got new people serving in, in that capacity. And- yeah, and
1: I would say now you kind of need to raise up new leaders. That's so right. I mean, right now, because yep. I'm familiar, Daniel and I both go to Family Church Sherbrooke, which is one of our campuses. We pre-COVID, we had about 250, 300 people. Yep. And obviously, we're about 50% of that. But I have noticed that, you know, a lot of those leaders aren't back. And so now, you know, it's kind of falling back on staff, but we have to raise up leaders. That's right to help in some of these areas. So you've got, you know, your greeters. You've got your people counting the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You've got it's all important. of these people that we're needing to now raise up. Yeah, you know, new volunteers. To step in, and plus hopefully a new leader to lead it.
2: Yeah, and actually it's funny. Again, going back to that groundwork we were laying during the pandemic when we weren't meeting in person, just getting to to kind of see what God's stirring up in people who we have uh, at our church. We realized, hey, there's some leaders who are, are are ready to step up. They want more. They're saying, hey, when we come back, I, I'm your guy. Let mm-hmm. me know whatever I can do. And actually, we've been able to elevate those folks, and we've got some new leaders who are now leading the you know the entire, really the entire impression team for the most part
3: one of the things Leslie honestly that we noticed is we, we created some new teams so we had to create a cleaning team right right that was a new team
0: somebody's got to use the air yeah, somebody's got,
3: yeah that's right the sp- and the other thing that we did is we no longer needed an offering team because we weren't passing an offering. So we turned that into a, a different dynamic, and we, we created a seating team, which we now needed because people were kind of like, where do we go? How do we sit? You know, we're doing the social distancing. In some cases, every other row and that type of thing. So it created some new teams, which gave new opportunities. And just like Daniel was talking about, you didn't have as many come back in the beginning, but now our teams are at 50%, mm-hmm. but they're new people. And some of those are new leaders. We've, we've seen some, some new leaders emerge. And one of the ways that we did that was we phased in commitment. Like, in other words, when we first started, we said, okay, we're only asking you to commit for the month of August. And then at the end of August, we'd say, hey, here we are. How are you feeling about what you're doing? Are you willing to go for the month of September? And so we did that. And at the end of September, we said, okay, how are you feeling? Are you willing to go from here to the end of the year? And to me, and Daniel and I have talked about this. And I've talked about it with other leaders at our campuses. One of the things that we keep seeing is people are willing to take a step, a step, a step. And you've got to work with them at the pace that they are in because they're not jumping in like they were before and just, man, I'm committing for a year. Everything's short-term, they're committing for a little bit, but then it, it puts the responsibility on you as a leader to follow up with them. Because if you don't go back, yeah, you don't go back and ask them, how are you doing, are you still willing to stay, you're going to lose credibility because you told them they were only serving a month, and that's important right now. So First
0: impressions is difficult, too, because you're asking them to do the thing that they're most afraid to do. That's right. So if you stand at the door and you're going to greet people, you're in the parking lot or you're in the doors, because you're going to have people... That are gonna try to touch you. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have people that are gonna try to shake your hand or try to give you a hug, whether you want them to or not. And of course, we don't encourage anybody to initiate that kind of physical contact right now. And of course, all of our first impression team has the ability and the right to just step back and say, "Hey, yeah, I'm not, I'm not shaking," if they don't want to. But they're gonna feel compelled to because they're mm-hmm. they're the kind of people that are gonna welcome people and, w- and want to warm it up. So I totally understand why people would be even more hesitant to do that job because the, t- the two places where we Um, have the the biggest challenge right now getting volunteers are kids and first impressions Mm -hmm. for obvious
3: reasons, right?
0: Because those you know those are going to be the ones who are probably going to make themselves more vulnerable. There's more close contact with children or with adults. There's just gonna it's just a little bit of a higher risk volunteer opportunity. So Daniel, I wonder how you guys are thinking about that.
2: Sure. No, I, we actually think about that a lot because, you know, we have a lot of young families at our church and kids ministry is just a staple and backbone to the way we do things. And
0: Got to you know, put the family in family church.
2: We, we we really do. And what we've, Leslie, you alluded to earlier, constantly elevating leadership. And so as as we've been able to elevate new leaders to run the impressions areas, I'm always encouraging our, our people to think in terms of just the church as a whole. Are there other things that stir them up, that get them excited? Because I want to keep a little bit of that change, we were talking about that earlier, kind of always keeping a little bit of change around us so that it's okay. It's a part of the new normal. Change is change is okay. And what that's done is um, I've, I've helped my impressions people understand the significance of our kids ministry, the significance of families feeling safe. And so, hey, if ever you feel like you want to serve as a kids ministry volunteer, that is a, a huge, huge win for our church as well. So I've already had some of our impressions volunteers who are new to serving at Family Church Sherbrooke decide, you know what, I'll give kind of interesting giving kids ministry a try, which is great because again, we're pressing and moving towards trying to get back to two services with kids ministry at both of them and those kind of things. And so, yeah, we're always trying to keep playing baseball. We always talked about building the team up the middle growing up. And so are we good in the main room and are we good in the back of the house with our kids ministry? We want to build the team up the middle and our kids ministry always needs more volunteers. So as people kind of take a, a step into serving with impressions and they start to realize, I really love kids. I think I'm open to that. I feel comfortable with that. I try to get them over to kids ministry honestly as quickly as, as I can if they're willing because it, That's the hardest place it, to recruit it is the right hardest now. place to recruit and I want and I want us to have just a, a ton of great people who are ready to serve in kids ministry. And so that's kind of how we
0: we do that at our campus. So and let, let's remember too that you know, for our listeners, we are in one of the hot spots of America. So mm-hmm. we're still, you know, still in masks. Yeah, we still have mask mandates. So you're not allowed to go in any public gathering area without a mask in our county. We do have freedom to have church, so we're not under any kind of restrictions as a church, but we want to participate as good citizens. We want to kind of follow the same things that Target or Publix or other places are following that are gathering people together. So some of our you know, best practices and the things that we are doing as a church in order to kind of fit our community and be good neighbors or what? Well, we're wearing masks. So Mm -hmm. masks are required. You come on our campus, come in the building, we're expecting everyone to wear masks, even while we're singing, while we're sitting in our seat, while we're listening to the message. You know, do we have an occasional person pull their mask down? Of course, like everybody, but there's an expectation. I think there's a general feel that, People know they're supposed to wear masks and the vast, vast, vast majority of people comply readily with that. The second thing is we are practicing social distancing. So Mm -hmm. we have some areas of the building that are not every other row, but most places in most of our buildings are every other row for seating or seats, you know, more spread out. We're trying to give people plenty of room and we're not doing hospitality the way we used to. So Mm -hmm. we're not doing food distribution and coffee and all that kind of stuff. You know, so everything is a little bit different. We used to be high hospitality, Mm -hmm. high touch. Pack the room as many times as we can, and now we're having to do it differently. So I'm wondering, how is that impacting your volunteers and how they feel about what's happening at church?
3: Well, one of the things, Jimmy, we did with our First Impressions team, and honestly, we did it with groups too, and I think they're doing it in the kids area, all across the board, students. We followed your lead from putting everything on the website and letting people know what to expect before they got Mm -hmm. here. And so even as we opened up First Impressions team and we we gathered our leaders, we said, here's what we want you to do. Here's what you can expect. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we want you to interact with the guests. So just like you're talking about, we all said, we're all, you know, we're obviously under a mask mandate, but we're all wearing masks. So- you know, what I need you to do is try to do as much as you can to smile with your eyes, to speak, to show body language that's welcoming gestures, open the door and stand away so that people have clearance to walk through, you know, doing everything that we can. And then when we started gathering our groups, we we passed out guidelines and said, here's what we want you to do in the rooms. One of the funniest things was because, you know, we're all food people, right? We're like food, coffee, Baptist donuts, cookies, whatever we can, whatever <laughs> we can put in a room, right? And so one of the first thoughts was, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do without that? How can we show hospitality? And I think one of the coolest things I learned early on in August was that our people are our hospitality. Yeah. You know, we didn't need coffee, you know? And you got some people bringing coffee cups in their hand and all that, and we, you know, but really we're not serving that. And we're served, we, we make available the little bottles of water for people if they want that, because, you know, the whole mass thing, people are like, oh, I need something mm-hmm. to drink. But the reality is our people brought the warmth. That was the hospitality of family church. And I think it encouraged our teams to even experience that and know that. So, you know, the next challenge was, and we're going to get to this at some point, was first connection with no food. That was a whole other other thing that we had to kind of think about, and how are we going to do that? And, and Daniel, first connections like our
0: membership class.
3: Yes, it is. Uh, it's our yeah. it's our orientation. It's our pathway to membership. Right. It's everywhere where we connect with people, and we do that over food, right? And we were like, how are we going to do that when we start gathering in person again? Mm-hmm. So that was that was really interesting. You. You were concerned well, about that.
2: For for a few years I've been saying we really need to cut the donuts at Family Church Sherbrooke and I thought <laughs> I was I was kind of hedging my bets on who I needed to help be the voice of wisdom to that and uh luckily we were able to allow things to work themselves out. So but you just
0: had a pandemic we had fix the pandemic fixed it. No no we kept Helps saying oh, the,
2: a lot of things we kept saying oh the new the new worship center or the whatever you know we'll, we'll change this and that and the, and the other instead the the pandemic took care of the donut budget for us which is really really good. And one thing... Uh, Pastor Jamie, I'll, I'll say is I just keep hearing from folks at, at our campus, uh, a lot of people who they're not really doing much or that for a while weren't really doing much outside in society when we first uh, opened our doors again. And so they were kind of really looking to see and, and sort of judging, if you will, if, if they felt safe in a group setting again. And so we just kept encouraging our Impressions team and all of our volunteers like, hey, you don't know of the people coming here today, which of them are doing anything else in a group setting outside of this. Like this is this is where we get to prove that this is a safe and good place to still be gathered in a group, but in a, in a proper way. And so kind of the economy, a scale of that too, is just thinking through even, you know, how many people we need. Are we clogging up the one hallway we have at our campus by having too many people hanging out? Are we clogging up the little doorways by having someone sort of contactless greeting? Or can we maybe, you know, scale it down a little bit, scale it back a little bit, and and do the things that, uh, that Bev was saying so that people people really can come in and not feel so overwhelmed and threatened by the 100 people or so they're around when, honestly, the grocery store is a stretch for them each week or whatever. And so we've just kind of been mm-hmm. keeping that in the back of our mind. Again, our, our space, we very much are a church <laughs> for the rest of this type of building at our campus. And so we have to keep that in mind a lot. so
1: I mean, so we've talked a lot about how we're basically replanting all mm-hmm. of our campuses. And so as I'm listening to both of you speak, I'm thinking about you know some of the things that are happening or some of the things that have happened that we want to move forward. So Bev, when you're talking about, you know, giving people shorter term commitments, like, do mm-hmm. you feel like that's a, that's something that we probably should keep doing? Um, are you thinking, you know, moving them quickly along the serving chain, maybe more mm-hmm. quickly than we did in the past, like Daniel's referring to. So mm-hmm. they come into first impressions rather than, okay, you do first impressions for a year and then maybe we approach you about doing kids. Like, I mean, are these some things that are some things that you're learning that you feel like this really is the best way to do it and we should just keep doing it this way?
3: Yeah, well, one of the things that we've carried into, so yes, on some of those, but I want to say this before I forget it because that's where I am right now. <laughs> but yeah, so one of the things that we've kept through this time is we started with a weekly team leader for first impressions and with my group leaders, weekly meetings on Zoom. We've continued that even though we're meeting in person. So that's something that we're carrying forward. It's been outstanding. So like on Monday night, I meet with all our group leaders via Zoom. We talk about things. We talk about the changing environment. We talk about what people are how they're responding to it, what's happening, so that we can stay on top of that. And so we're doing it with First Impressions team leaders, too. On Thursday evening, we have a meeting. We inform them of everything they need to know so that now what we've done is we've shifted, which we're going to carry forward. We've shifted our staff member who was holding a huddle on a Sunday morning with First Impressions team during the middle of the service when all of the traffic died down. We would have a staff member hold a huddle with all of our teams. We've shifted that We're meeting with them on Zoom on Thursday evenings, and now each team leader is just huddling with their team before the service, you know? And so now they're they're now having a smaller circle of shepherding Mm -hmm. because now I've got a team leader who's meeting with five or six people that are part of the seating team, and now they've got this group of people they're shepherding. And so that is something we we do want to carry forward, and we do want it. So the structure of our teams has changed a bit, and yeah, the commitment— it's just, again, I'm just going gonna, gonna to say this. So I, I'm kind of like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? <laughs> so whoever you have here and coming here, you have to go at the pace that they're going. You can't push faster than they're willing to go, you know. And so if they're only willing for a shorter term commitment, then that's what we've got to go with right now until they're comfortable. And then we just keep leading them to where we want them to be.
0: I well, think that's a great break point too, Bev, and, and and this is so vital because you can't go faster you cannot. than your people are willing to go, especially right now because they have cultural permission, they have medical permission, they have all kinds of reasons why they can tell you no. So until they're ready to take another step, you can't get out ahead of them. Hey, thanks so much, Bev and Daniel. You guys are great at what you do. Your expertise is off the charts and your service to Jesus by serving our church is just phenomenal. So it's an honor to have you with us on the podcast. And for those who are listening to us, if you'd like to reach out to us, we'd love to help you. If your first impressions team or your plan or anything that we're learning, you can email us, reach out to us through social media or whatever. But one of the best things that you could do if you really want to grow your first impressions, your groups, and all that kind of stuff is come to be with us in February at our Church for the Rest of Us conference. You can find out about it at churchfortherestofus.com. Bev will be there. Daniel will be there. Leslie will be there. Carly will be there. I will be there. We will love to meet you, talk to you. There's no green room. We'll be hanging out with you. We want to learn from you and hear what you're doing and what you're experiencing. And let's learn from each other so that we can help to do the best we can with the resources we have at our churches. That's what Church for the Rest of Us is all about. This is Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett, Carly Seelman, Beth Bonner, Daniel Martin. This has been Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins, or check out familychurchnetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are Church for the Rest of Us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins. Staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.